Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. And welcome to part two of this week's Oscar season clash. So on Monday, we began this series in 1976 with Best Picture winner Rocky. And today, we're looking at what, so far, is the penultimate entry into the series. As sliced alone, hands over the gloves to Michael B. Jordan from 2015. This week's challenger for the title is Creed. You're not built for this. These boys come in here, they gotta fight for life. People die in the ring. Your daddy died in the ring. I don't know him. Ain't got nothing to do with me. I've been fighting my whole life. It's not a choice for me. Every punch I ever thrown has been on my own. Nobody showed me how to do this. I'm ready. We'll have a winner at the end of the show. But which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clash Potters. Pretty good. Chickens are getting slower. I'm Alex Zane. <laughs> I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Uh, very quickly, at the start of this episode, before we get into Creed, if I could just uh, do my... Um, regular weekly request uh, if you haven't subscribed to us already uh, please do and please head on to wherever you get your podcast apple spotify or other and if you can leave a rating and a review it's massively helpful to us here at clash of the titles and if you do leave a review there's a very very good chance chris tilly aka chris thrilly will read it out which sounds like this this is from uk dave who says effing brilliant if you like movie podcasts, Tim Curry references, and questionable bath time activities, this is the show for you. <laughs> Defo, listen. 
<laughs> so, so I I tend to forget uh, thirty seconds after we finish recording. I tend to forget everything we've said. What what's the what's he referring to with the bar? What, what it's a Vicky thing. I'm sure yeah, it's a Vicky but, thing. <laughs> it's made me laugh because I I forget what we've said, and then when you just read out that review, I was like, oh, that's when one of you two talked about bath wanking. But what? then I, when I started laughing a lot, I think I said it. Yes, I think it was. Yeah, yeah. I definitely didn't talk about a bath. Yeah. Okay, it's coming back to me yeah. now. Oh, yeah. bless Dave. He didn't actually remember? say bath wank. He just said no, activities. Know, because, yeah, because he's got more manners than I've got, which is good. Do you not remember when we went to the pub and we were talking about it and we were talking about bath and Alex was making a joke about he was going to slip into a bath and we were teasing him and said, does he listen to Maroon 5? And I had that memory of Chris Tilly laughing so much that he started crying because it made so That's why I was laughing a lot. Oh, my God. I, I didn't realise we were starting with a bath wank by me reading mm. that out. So apologies. <laughs> Isn't it weird that UK Dave, who's posting a semi-anonymous review online, uh, chose not to say bath wanking, and yet two people, well, now three, have said it on an actual podcast. So that's oh. weird. Yes. I mean, I think that's what he's talking about. I don't know. <laughs> well, if he's not, everyone will be now. So, part two of Rocky versus Creed. Uh, my choices, again, uh, this week, kicking off Oscar season, uh, where each week a Best Picture winner takes on a challenger. So, therefore, Rocky versus Creed. Uh, obviously, a lot of connections. Uh, and also because, like I said on Monday, we've had a few lopsided clashes recently, entertaining battles, but very often one clear winner. So, at least in my mind, this is a very close fight this week. Monday, Chris danced round the ring with Rocky. And today, V is going to leave some blood on the canvas with Creed. V, take us on a journey. Creed is what happens when plucky underdog Ryan Coogler goes toe-to-toe with heavyweight legend Sylvester Stallone to pitch him Creed, the story of plucky underdog Adonis Creed going toe-to-toe with heavyweight champion Pretty Ricky Conlon, trained by plucky underdog Rocky Balboa, who went toe-to-toe with heavyweight champion Apollo Creed. Also, the sexual politics are very much sorted out, thank fuck. Also, cancer. Also, me bawling while watching two people beat the living shit out of each other, which, if you Discount me yelling, leave it, he's not worth it, outside a kebab shop I've never done before. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. Excellent. (laughs) Right, so I hadn't seen this before. Um, oh, excellent! Yeah, and I was, I did, I, I'm, you know, I don't know anything about boxing. It's not my thing, and so this passed me by. I was aware of the fuss, and I was aware that people thought it was good, but I was like, that is not for me, um, and I was surprised. So, what? Uh, how did you two know this film? I'll jump in because. Uh... Chris is a big fan of the series, so I'm sure he's watched it before through choice or maybe for work. I watched it for work. I wouldn't have naturally watched this because, again, I'm I'm not as big a sports movie fan as Chris, although that said, I do enjoy them when I watch them, so I am. But regardless, this franchise doesn't mean quite as much to me as it does to Chris Tilly, Um, but I do remember when I watched it for work, that last fight being one of the most tremendous pieces of cinema I'd seen that year, Mm. and watching it again this time, I was like, yeah, I wasn't wrong. It's tremendous. Mm. What about you, Chris? Um, I feared the worst when they announced this because it sounded like a terrible idea. 
And on top of it, they were calling it a Lego sequel, which I really didn't like that term. Um, <laughs> Rocky Five was terrible. You know, I think this is the most consistent franchise of all, maybe. Uh, Rocky Five is a complete turkey, but every one of them I enjoy, aside from that. And Rocky Balboa was good, so that did give me hope that you could tell a, a, a modern story with the, these characters. Um, and so I went into it worried. I was concerned that they'd mess with my boy. but. Um, I loved it. I loved it. And it's the only time I've ever accidentally chucked popcorn while in a cinema. <laughs> I had like, during the fight at the end, I had like a spasm of excitement <laughs> when something happened. Like, like when you jump up after a goal at football and I threw my popcorn everywhere and it, was, it went all over the floor and it was really embarrassing. <laughs> um, and that was for work. I was watching it like Alex. I then interviewed Ryan Coogler, Michael B. Jordan and Tessa Thompson, which was fun because I don't know if you did this as well, Alex, but when I interviewed Ryan Coogler, it was the day they announced he got the Black Panther gig. And you always hope the timing will work for mm. something like that, but it really was perfect. So I got to be one of the first people to ask him about It's only that. good when it works wow. in the right way round. I remember having to interview Ben Stiller and uh, it was the announcement of The Secret Life of Walter Mitty and whether it was going to get any nominations. And I think there was hope that it would. And <laughs> it got precisely none, if I remember correctly, which changes an interview from a celebration into a damage control situation. <laughs> Yes, but let's be honest. If he thought Walter Mitty was going to get Oscar nominations, he's got to have rocks in his brain. Yeah. That's an awful film. It's not great, no. It's not, it's not great. I just always remember that. Sean Penn lurking in the undergrowth with a camera. <laughs> it's a great image. <laughs> okay, so let's do a little bit of background. Um, I was helped this week by a BuzzFeed article from 2015 by Kelly L. Carter. I also, for the first time in my life, read stuff from the Sky Sports website. So we're all learning <laughs> wow. and growing. This is a big um, week. <laughs> I know. Can you get me on the Sky Sports website? I was like, what's this? <laughs> yeah, a lot of adverts. Anyway, um, so director Ryan Coogler, he has always been a huge fan of Rocky. Um, and he has a very emotional connection to the series. So he watched a lot of the films with his dad, and his dad was really ill at the time. Um, he said, the first time I saw my dad cry was probably watching a Rocky movie. Uh, before I knew what a good movie was, what a bad movie was, I knew that this particular film had a profound effect on my father. So, you know, he goes to film school. Uh, he's he's good. I mean, you know, he, his career is incredible and good for him. He's so young when he makes Creed. He's, and it's just unbelievable. And like, off topic, I saw a still of him talking to Michael B. Jordan, who's also a baby and it's just these two kids and it's like what they managed to do is amazing um anyway so in 2012 he starts work on a script with um co-writer aaron covington and then a meeting at sundance he gets to pitch the idea to an agent called charles king that leads to a meeting with stallone's agent who thought that sylvester stallone might be interested in it um even though everyone at this point <clears throat> was like sylvester stallone is probably trying to move on from this character, but there's something in the idea. Do you really think um, that? that the... Does Sylvester Stallone move on from any character? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I suppose it's the sort of thing you say because I do believe there's a little bit of sort of mm, probably a little bit of retconning stuff here to make Ryan Coogler's story fit in with the Rocky legend itself, which is he's this kid, a chance meeting, and before he knows it, he's in a room with Sylvester Stallone, his actual hero, and he's like, hey, kid, I'll give you a shot. You know, that's mm. a Rocky movie. So there may be a little bit of that going on. 
Um, I mean, maybe not. Maybe it was really that beautiful, but I don't know. I just don't know. Um, now, there's another article in the LA Times. I found a few articles that were like, oh, Sylvester Stallone loved it. And then I found another one that was like, no, he didn't. <laughs> and, um, Ryan Coogler said, he said, I could tell slight when they met. He's like, this kid is out of his mind. <laughs> um, but Ryan Coogler was thrilled because he was a no one. Uh, at this point, fr- when they met, Fruitvale Station hadn't come out. So Ryan Coogler was just happy that he's got a photograph of him with Rocky that he can show his dad, which is the sweetest thing in the world. But he wasn't like, oh, this is going to happen. Um, but then Sylvester Stallone did see Fruitvale Station and agreed to sign on to Creed, uh, saying it was a leap of faith. What Ryan was taking on was quite a lot for his second time out, agreed. Um but it was just the personal, I mean, apparently, you know, it's this personal connection that Ryan Coogler has with the character of Rocky and with the franchise is what sort of got it over the line for Sylvester Stallone to you imagine sign that some, You imagine that he was very good in that meeting because I, I think whether Sylvester Stallone wanted to move on from the character or not, he's clearly going to be very precious about this and renaming it, not a Rocky movie and changing his role in the series. I think Ryan Coogler, without a doubt, seriously impressed him in that meeting. But that's again, isn't it? Every time, every time I think of a situation like that, I think of what's that Eminem song called um, from Eight Mile? Oh, lose you know, yourself. The one where it's like you've got one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so if you know, if you're Ryan Coogler, you're listening to that before you go in, and you're like, "Don't fuck it up." <laughs> I don't want to see. Don't throw don't away your see shots. Mom's don't spaghetti again. <laughs> You don't want to see Mom's spaghetti again. Love that song. song. Um, Anyway, so yeah, so then we've got Michael B. Jordan in place. And then, uh, Chris, you're going to have to help me out here. So we've got real boxers in this film, but I don't know how to pronounce their names properly. So I know Gabriel Rosado was Leo Spirino. I get that. Now, how do you say the Scouse's name? How do you say his last name? Tony Bellew? Bellew? Bellew. Bellew. Thank you. That's quite obvious now you've said it. so he's a real boxer, <laughs> and that's the thing. Um, Andre, now, is, isn't Andre Ward, wasn't he at the time the, the the champion of the world, pound for pound the best boxer in the world? Is that true? I don't know. I know I know Tony, Tony Bellew, but I don't know him. I wonder. I mean, yeah, so he's there. he gets a brief role um, but as yeah, Danny. But, yeah, he was a professional boxer, sure, yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of it for the making of. Um, I just had – this is what I got from, from reading Sky Sports' website um, is – to- How do you say his name again? Tony what? Bellu. 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 All right. Anyway, the interviewer says to him, who's prettier, Tony Bellu or Pretty Ricky Conlon? And he was like, there's nothing pretty about Tony. I did not choose the name Pretty Ricky Conlon. And it's like, no, of course you didn't because the, the writer's just the name. But anyway, and he said, and I certainly didn't choose the goatee he was wearing in that movie. So Sky Sports exclusive, he didn't like the goatee. Big news. Well, <laughs> is he pretty? Vicky? Is he pretty? No, but he's not. Is, I didn't think so. I didn't not, think so. It's got I like think a baby that's face, what they're referring like... to. It's like it's it's in another given another rewrite, you'd have called him Babyface Ricky Conlon, but it doesn't. It just yes, doesn't roll would, off the yeah. tongue as well. So they've gone pretty. Ba- babies are pretty. That'll do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm definitely not going to tell him he looks like a baby. But you can put that out there in the. You can put that out there in the yeah, world. Alex, I, do you know fine. what I actually wrote down? Be careful what you say. He's actually a very hard man who's in this country. So I'll. I'll be. <laughs> I should should temper any flippancy. Uh, he's yeah, he, he very held, good he in did, this film. <laughs> he held the WBC cruiserweight title from 2016 to 2017. He's retired now. But yeah, he was a he was a good fighter. Yes, uh, and that's all I've got on the background. So unless there's anything you want to chuck in, we'll just get cracking. 
No, no. Let's go for it. Okay, let's go. So, we meet the younger Donis in what I like to think is affectionately called baby prison, but it's probably not. It's probably just called juvie and it's awful and he can't stop fighting. And that's because we find out quite quickly he is the youngest child of Apollo Crete, although he never knew his father. Um, now then, so we see him fight. We're not in, now. It's important that we're not in the. In, is he in New Mexico for this fight? Tijuana. Um, Tijuana. Yeah. So we're, but we're not in the ring. The camera is not in the ring. We're spectating, um, which is important because that sh- there's a shift later on. He then quits a very good job and he moves to Philly to train. This surprised me a bit. I thought that more would be made of his privilege. So when Marianne, uh, played by Felicia, played by Felicia Rossard, played takes by Claire him Huxtable, in. yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, basically, that is her name. <laughs> it was amazing. Like, oh my god, there she is. <laughs> um, so she takes him in. She's um, Apollo's widow, and she's got a shit ton of money in a massive house. So he, although Adonis has had the roughest start imaginable, his mum's passed away. He's been in and out of like correctional facilities and group homes, and a terrible start in life. But he is now coming from quite a privileged position, and he could live wherever he wanted to in theory in Philly. Like although Marianne falls out with him for wanting to be a boxer, I don't get the feeling that he's financially cut off. Um, I mean, it's fine that they don't make more of it, but I just thought the way that that story starts, the size of her house and all the rest of it, I thought more would be made of he's kind of slumming it on purpose Mm. sort of thing. Um, But then, actually, I did think... So Marianne's journey, I th- this speaks to how good this film is, that I like, I found her turnaround on boxing really convincing um, because I also find her stance on boxing, no pun, um, that's how I feel as well. So she's speaking for me. When she says she doesn't want Adonis to go, she's saying to him, your dad was a mess. He couldn't walk. He couldn't look after himself. And that is not that is not a life. And I agree with her. I think and, he boxing is- and he died. <laughs> and he died. In and the ring. I- yeah, and that to me is like, yeah, you're right. Like the the writer, you know, you could have had it another way. They could have written it to say it's a very, you know, it's a very uncertain life. You make a lot of, you'll make a lot of money quite quickly. Then you might never make money again. Why do you want to work like that? Or you're really, cl- you know, you're obviously got a brain. Why would you want to waste that? You, you, they could have set up. You're going to go to college, but they don't. She just says you will, you will be physically damaged, and then you will die. And that to me, I was like, yeah, she's a hundred percent correct. Like, yeah, bo- boxing I, yeah. to me is I, madness. I, I can't. I, I enjoy boxing. I love boxing and I cannot justify to myself why I like something so much that is essentially two people trying to kill oh, each other. A hundred percent. It's an awful, awful thing and I really find Isn't it Isn't it so weird? It's like, you can't, I can't believe it. I feel exactly the same. I'm like, this is so savage and so brutal and really in a moral society should not be allowed to happen. But man, mm. is this great entertainment. <laughs> it's 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 bloodlust. Mm. And yeah. unfortunately, I do have it. And I respect you for not having it, Vicky, because it is a horrible thing. I kind of wish I did have it, but I just don't like fighting. I don't, I, like, you know, you've, we've all seen real fights on the street and it's just but it's I, not I, good. I'd separate those and... two out instantly. Real fights on the street are, are, are <laughs> awful, but then they aren't being paid millions yeah. of dollars with certain safety measures in place to fight outside that kebab shop. It depends shop. how pissed they are. <laughs> that can yeah. be quite funny. The, the, the <laughs> boxing matches don't tend to have you standing on the ringside going, leave it, it's not worth it. <laughs> the minicab's here, I'm going. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's it's weird and I think that's why 
I mean, I think that's why I probably enjoy boxing films slightly more than I enjoy real boxing matches, unless you put a bet on and then they become even more fun. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Um, One thing I like about those early scenes, though, is that sequence when um, Adonis puts on youtube footage of his dad fighting and mm. and he, he's sort of copying his moves at first and and you know it's there's a metaphor going on there because he's in his father's shadow literally but yeah. then he takes the rocky role in the fight yeah. and so he's fighting his own father mm, again he's angry metaphorically with him. Yeah. and, and yeah. literally and so it's a, it's that's a very clever bit, bit of visual storytelling there it's good, and it's a cheeky way of being like, "Look how modern this is," and we're, you know, we're not in 1976 anymore, and it couldn't be diff- more different from how like shitty Rocky's house is. Um, so this, yeah, it's a clever, clever thing to do. So we go to Philly. Now, this is I think this is good, uh, but Sylvester Stallone just kind of appears. So um, Adonis goes to the restaurant, and he's just like, "Oh, hey," and I was kind of expecting the big entrance like here i am like yeah it's me kind of thing but he's just sort of pops isn't up isn't that isn't that good because <laughs> um, he isn't is, he's yeah he's yeah. he's sort of he's still respected but he runs a restaurant now and yeah. I, I and keeps his head down yeah. essentially that's what rocky does yeah but i think it's the the skill uh on, on ryan coogler's part to pull back from the, the mm. temptation is massive because he loves rocky and the temptation is to give him sort of like a backlight or or just to have him turn around and not like raise his eyebrows or do a cheeky wink but he appears like a normal person he's just anybody else and that's impressive the restraint is is really impressive yeah and i think probably uh, you know would suggest you know, to look into it possibly how much faith Stallone has in this young filmmaker at that point that he's like, I, so my entrance is me walking through a door and that's that's it? Yeah. Because I've made a fair yeah. few big entrances in my time, but this <laughs> is not one of them. All right. Or, or alternatively, yeah. we don't know how it goes down. He might have said to him, no, that's the grand an entrance. This is this is how I would see yeah. Rocky. And, and I did read somewhere that he had quite a lot of involvement in Rocky's dialogue. As as you would imagine, you know he 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 essentially is that character. So um, yeah, I've, I feel like that. You know, there's not a moment in here that doesn't feel true to to Rocky Balboa that we met in Monday's episode. Yeah. Yes, I think I do agree with that. Yeah, and I think because of the love you have for Rocky as a character and Sylvester Stallone as an actor playing that character, there's some things that might you know on paper you'd read the script and you just think, oh, I'm I'm not sure like. So when when Rocky lies about who Adonis really is because Adonis is using his, the name Johnson, you're like, yes, definitely, I get that. But then they move in with each other, and it's such a casual thing. Like Adonis is like, so I'm going to move in with you, and on paper you'd be like, I'm not sure that that moment has been earned. It seems a bit weird. It seems a bit creepy. But because you love Rocky so much, and this has to happen, like they have to live together in order to <laughs> to train together because this is a Rocky film. As the audience, you're like, well, great, good, of course you but, should move in together. Adonis is not short of confidence, and you know, you were talking about the. Kind kind of the privilege thing earlier so maybe there is a little bit of that in that that you could just like he he has something about him that makes him go yeah i'm just gonna move in with you because rocky's on the back foot there doesn't he say something like i don't really know about that i don't i, I think i feel uncomfortable yeah. because you, you might find he says you might find it uncomfortable because uh because of my house <laughs> and then adonis is like why do you walk around naked <laughs> which is a great moment yeah and and I do think it's interesting the way the film does mess with legacy. So in the scene when they meet each other in the restaurant, Adonis is talking about this third fight, which... Do you know about the third fight, Vicky? Mm. No. So at the end of, I think it's Rocky Three, 
they're, they're best friends by this point, Rocky and Apollo. And at the end of the film, when no one's around, they go down to the gym, just the two of them, and they decide to fight to have a, a final match to see who's the better boxer. And the film ends with the, them punching each other at the same time at the start of that fight. So we never get to see it. And you never find out who won that fight. It was just two friends figuring it out. And so Adonis, he's obviously, um, Adonis has obviously found out about it from his mum and um, his adopted mum. And he's asked the question and uh, Rocky says Apollo won the third fight. Mm. And I wonder if that's true or not. I wonder I if don't he's think just it's true. Yeah, no, he's I making think... that up to, to, yeah. to make Adonis feel good. But uh, ultimately, the whole film kind of messes with the Apollo legacy because he is a hero and a really good bloke in the Rocky across the Rocky movies. And now yeah. we find out he was he could be an asshole. You know, he had this kid and he he didn't he didn't um he didn't own up to it and he didn't do anything about it. And so I think it's interesting the way it, it takes that legacy. And I don't know. At first, I was kind of upset because. That's not the Apollo Creed I know, but actually, I think it. I think it. It's it's believable ultimately, and I think it makes him a more complicated character, and I think it works well in this film. Yeah, I felt like the the film was saying to me that Apollo maybe didn't know about he had a son, um, and because they sort of write off the mum, his birth mum, so quickly, it's like oh she died, and then you sort of don't hear unless that happens in other films, and I just missed it, but. I don't know. It felt like Marianne found out about Adonis because he was in trouble. It didn't feel to me like she'd always known about him, but that's just me projecting that, you know, that might not be there. I don't think Marianne knew necessarily, but I, I feel like Apollo knew. It, but well, I again, I, again it's asking yeah. us to fill in blanks. Um, and I guess it's, it's, up, it's up to you. It does seem unlikely that um, a, a woman would have Apollo's child and him being the heavyweight champion of the world, she wouldn't go, yo, <laughs> this, is, uh, this, is, uh, this is your baby, so I, I could do with a bit of help. That seems unlikely. Hmm. Yes, good point. Um, okay, let's have a little break and then we'll talk fighting and illness. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science, with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, 
and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, I'm Clive Anderson, and My 7 Wonders is my podcast where I sit down with some fascinating guests and ask them one simple question. If you could pick your own seven wonders of the world, what would they be? The guests' choices lead us to some interesting tales, whether it's Omar Jalili being stopped by New York Customs. They brought me in for the interview. They said, so what are you doing there? I'm doing a show with Whippy Goldberg. And the guy said, no, I'm doing a show with Whippy Goldberg, as if you are. And I said, excuse me? I am. That's why I'm going there. He he's doing a show with Whippy Goldberg. <laughs> I couldn't believe my ears. Olivia Lee eating 120-pound apples at Soho House. I mean, it is hideously expensive. If I'm just going there once and taking an apple, it's the most expensive apple you'll ever eat. Or David Baddiel talking about his dad's dementia. The other thing he could remember are his regular insults. So still, when you leave my dad, if you say, I'm off, he will say, you've been off for years. And it's it's really comforting <laughs> that he can still abuse you <laughs> in this way. Forget the Taj Mahal and the Lighthouse of Alexandria. The wonders of the world we talk about are much more unique. Listen to My 7 Wonders now on your favourite podcast app. My Seven Wonders with Clive Anderson is a Stakhanov production. Right, so, yeah, so Rocky is going to train Adonis. This is the important part. And then we set up Leo. Leo's going to be the... Leo is, is Leo the son of the gym owner? Is that right? Uh, who are you talking about? Sorry, I'm, I'm confused. Oh, Leo Spirino, who is played by real boxer Gabriel Rosado, Um is Adonis's first fight. He's like, you've got six, I think he says you've got six weeks to like train up to, to beat Leo. Um, and he's the son of the gym owner, as far as I could tell. Okay. So that's all good. So then we've got our first, your first challenge that, you know, you have to try and train to beat Leo. And, he does beat him, but only because of advice from Rocky in the ring. Now, I can't remember what the advice was, but at that point, I was like, oh, that's a big tick because I felt like I learned something about boxing because Rocky says to him, do this thing, and um, Adonis does it, and it works, and he beats Leo, which then puts him in the path of pretty Ricky Conlon, um, but only if he fights as Creed. So a similar setup to Rocky in that he's like the massive underdog, being given a chance, but kind of by chance, because if Ricky Conlon hadn't lost his temper and smashed his opponent in the jaw, this wouldn't be happening. So it's like he's kind of been plucked out of nowhere and put in the biggest fight of anyone's life kind of thing, which is the same story as Rocky, and that's fine. Um, Yes, even to the point that I think both Ricky Conlon and Apollo Creed had never been knocked down. So it's pretty specific, the uh, comparison. Where it cuts from Philadelphia to Liverpool to give us a backstory on Ricky Conlon. It's, I was so surprised. It's, it's so strange. <laughs> I loved it, but I, I found it quite jarring where it's like you, you're suddenly on the familiar yeah. territory of the Philadelphia streets. It's a Rocky movie. And then it goes Liverpool, England, and Ricky Conlon's there. Yeah. Yeah. It's I, really I wondered weird. what Americans made of his quite thick Scouse accent. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like him in this film because I knew him as a boxer, and it, and it it took me out of the movie too much the first time I watched it. But I've seen this film four times now, and I really, I think he's great now. I, it was just, yeah. it was just the initial shock of seeing a boxer I knew playing someone that was so close to him but it you wasn't you won't be surprised to, to know that 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 didn't apply to me i was like is he a boxer <laughs> i better look it up <laughs> that's what i was like <laughs> i was like is he an actor um but it's amazing that they they wrote in the backstory so you cut to liverpool and then his manager was like yeah you you idiot run he says you were running around toxteth with a gun and it's like yep. who in america like, oh toxteth oh shit well yeah like, <laughs> i was amazed i loved it i was like thank you right yeah you know, and, and Bellew's a um, Everton fan and I love they wrote all that into the script that he's trading yeah. in his Everton shirt and they have the fight at Goodison <laughs> where he ended yeah. up fighting that yeah. same month. Bellew had, a, had an actual proper fight in the ground. Oh, so, did he? Yeah, I, I, I love all that stuff. Yeah, it's, it, it's, it's our, that's, this is our Rocky story. He's, this he's is going England's. to jail though for yeah. seven years. Am I right in thinking that? He's, he's being charged yes. with this yeah. and, and so whatever happens, win the fight, lose the fight... This is a legacy fight for him. So when he goes to jail, right? Yes. Yeah, he, to get some money for right. his kids, basically. Um, but the, it, I found it good because it t- took all the stress out of the film. Because I do like a sports movie, but obviously they can be quite stressful about whether or not you're going to win. But because I'm like, oh, this is just the same story as Rocky. Adonis isn't expected to win. He's expected to acquit himself. And that was good for me because it's like I can relax a bit now, which is important because our next major plot point is Rocky collapses when the, he's training with Adonis and the doctor tells him he's got non-Hodgkin's lymphoma and he refuses treatment. And this this section, I was like up and down with it. Like when he refused treatment, that kind of lost me a bit because he won't even hear it. And the doctor's like, okay, well, if you insist, <laughs> it's like I, to me that felt false. It felt like a doctor would ex- would at least get the the chances of survival from non Hodgkins in the conversation, and then then Rocky can make a decision based on that. But she's just like, okay, take a leaflet. I tried. There's only one real mention, I, I think, where it offers an explanation as to why Rocky isn't going to take the treatment. And it's where um, Adonis goes, he's too macho to accept the treatment. I mean, there's a little, I'm sorry, actually, no, thinking back, there's a little more because um, Rocky himself is saying, he's yeah, he's seen this fight before and how horrible it can get and he doesn't want to have to go through that. Oh, yeah, hundred yeah, percent, and I get he that. He says, "If he says everything I've got has moved on, if I'm broke, I ain't going to fix it. Why bother?" Mm. Um, you know, he 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 lost he lost um, Adrian in the previous film, and he's yeah. he's gone. He's just done. He's done with the world. But that's the thing. It did seem like a death wish because he he hasn't even understood the chances. He hasn't been given the odds at all. Like the doctor doesn't get to say seventy percent of people survive this cancer, or you know whatever. So that and that's the sort of thing that normal people balance out when considering treatment. Because obviously you can the storyline where someone refuses treatment because the chances of survival are low, and then you you know you you're looking at you just want to have as pain free. Uh, time for what you've got left and all the rest of it that makes sense but to not hear the odds was like you are actually do want to die because you won't even listen to the alternative mm. but we do get that great line don't we where what is it time takes everybody out time's undefeated uh it's a hell of a line yeah that's good 
Well, then this is the thing. So I was like, whoa, you've got a death wish. And then he was like, I just want to be, he just wants to be with, he said, I just want to be with my wife. And he's like, and then the way he plays that scene, I was crying my eyes out. When he was like, if I could take everything, he says, it's a bit weird. If I could take everything good and put it in a bowl. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> okay. Um, but then, yeah, uh, just like, yeah, very That was emotional. his Oscar speech. That was his Oscar speech. There's a couple so of good. scenes. There's like, there's that scene, there's the scene where he's um, giving a speech to Adonis in the jail cell and Adonis starts crying he doesn't want to hear it <gasps> and god and yeah we're, we're not a real family that was just oh in our heads god. kid yeah you I'm watch sobbing. those scenes and you, you're like you're watching <laughs> Sylvester Sloan and you're like how I, I just could never sort of I could never equate that the fact I was watching the same guy who finished this and went right Rambo last blood that's next on the list you sort of like <laughs> what, how are you not making more movies that are like this, when you you can be that good, yeah. because because money money's a hell of an aphrodisiac, buddy. That's that's what it boils down <laughs> to. It, sound, it's oh, such a shame. sounds like you were making me an offer then, and it is for me. So whatever what whatever your weird requirements are, I'm probably in. <laughs> oh dear. Um, so this upsets the, the, the we're not a real family. So that's this the, the low point with Adonis. Um, yeah, Adonis comes back and says, you got my real family <laughs> killed. <laughs> Which is very yeah, yeah. brutal. <laughs> um, and I think one of them says to the other, you're still living in the shadows. And it's like, Phew, dude, aren't we all? Like, you, cry, you're cry, angry, cry, cry, You're cry. angry with a man who ain't here, he mm. says to he <gasps> says to Adonis. It's, they're, they're such good lines. They're given, it, they're, there's so many brutal lines here um, that the characters deliver to each other that I'm, I'm quite impressed at how harsh yeah. it gets. Yeah. Um, but this causes Adonis to lash out uh, physically, literally. So the girl he's been seeing, Bianca, she's a singer. She's got his big gig. It's really important to her. And he just he just loses it over. A, it's, I mean, it is quite a threat. It, the man that he has tries to have a fight with, it seemed to me to be quite threatening. So he was kind of justified, but it's really it's over the top. And it, and the, the, the key thing is it's not what she wants. So we kind of correct all the bad stuff from Rocky, particularly when she shuts him out and she says something like, we've both got a lot of stuff going on. You focus on yours and I'll focus on mine. I was like, that's oh, the right thing to do that at that scene, point. That scene by the door where he's knocking on the door and he wants to get uh, into the flat to talk to her. And uh, the, her reasoning for why what he did was so bad is the fact that would that be cool if I'd come down to your fight and behaved like that and just reversing the entire yeah. situation? You're like, oh, geez, that's good. But when he's, yeah. I think he's, he starts knocking on the door and he's still trying to talk to her. And then she's, she's, she's got, she's got a hearing impairment, doesn't she? So she's, she takes, yeah. He mm. says, he says to her, I need you that's right now. Right. And and that's when she takes it. She takes out her hearing aid after and, he said that, which is and then brutal. it cuts back to him outside the door, and you don't realise she's walked away from the door at that point, and he's still banging. And then it cuts back, and it's exactly yeah. the same shot, and it's just empty. And I, that's how it ends. And you're like, wow, it's like to to direct two people having a conversation through the door and hit that hard. Wow. Yeah, it was really good. And I felt like it was, you know, you can sort of do a little... It would be so easy to do the scene where he's banging and banging on the door and she caves and she opens the door and she's like, look, I'm not saying you're forgiven, but I will listen to you because you need me and, you know, all of that. But she's really strong and it doesn't seem to cost her much, which is good. It's not like she walks away. She's like, I don't want to, but I'm going to walk away. She's like, I want to and I'm going to walk away. And it might not be forever, but right now... And this is despite the fact, I'm pretty sure it's that scene he's just said Rocky's got cancer and she's still like 
okay, yeah. that's that's bad, but you know, I, I can't just open this door to you uh, on that basis. Yeah. Yeah, you nearly exactly. ruined my. You could ruin my career with your behaviour. So, but they do. They do make a point. Yeah. They do Gets make a point of me. saying that the gig went well. Anyway, she killed it on stage because you know <laughs> that's, that's sort of clearing yeah. up that that murkiness around what could have been career ending for her. Him punching out the headline act. So yeah. they do. They do close that door. And because she needs to come back, so it needs to be conceivable that she would come back, given what we know of her character. So it, yeah, if the gig was ruined, she probably isn't going to come back. Um, so then the, this is the moment where, and this is what's so clever, because let's bear in mind that Adonis has always been a pretty good boxer. Like when we first see him, he does try to have a fight with Andre Ward. And I don't think he, well, he's like, oh, whoever can land a punch on me can take my car keys. But he isn't Rocky in that Rocky, when we meet Rocky, in the 1976 Rocky, he's kind of past it and he's a little bit past his best. That's why he shouts at Mickey, I needed you 10 years ago and all of that. But Adonis is like your classic, like he's on that hero's journey where he's, he's good and he's got talent and he's got promise and he just needs sort of knocking into shape and he'll be brilliant. So because, he, because he's always been good, you need something else here to carry you through the rest of the story. You can't just watch someone who's good get better. Um, so the bond that they have, which is, uh, Adonis and Rocky Adonis said to him if you fight and you take your treatment I'll fight and I'll fight Ricky Conlon and that totally works because then you need Adonis to fight to save Rocky's life and you want that to happen because you love Rocky so much and now it's not about a boxing career or vanity or proving who you are um, in contrast to your dad even though that's still in there it's about saving Rocky's life so you're like okay great I'm in because I don't want him to die like when he falls over on the mat, you know, when he's ill and mm. he throws up, that that's the size of that man. The, this is such a powerful moment. He falls down and I've felt terrified because he's like, he's, you know, made of granite. And it's that feeling of being a child and seeing like a, a parental figure like fall. And you're like, what the fuck? And it's a selfish feeling. Like what's going to happen to me now that you are fallible? It was a lot. Um, so that's why I don't want him to die because it's very important that he doesn't die. So now I'm into it. Um, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you don't want him to die, Vicky. That's very magnanimous <laughs> yes, of you. It's really important. I mean, yeah. it would be I'm weird such... thing to want, but that's... I, I was just <laughs> putting it down as my change at the end because I think it's a really strong one. <laughs> no, I, don't, I didn't want him to die, and I should have made that decision earlier. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but what I'm trying to say is you can't just be training to fight in order to win a fight, which is what also that's not what Rocky's doing. He's training to fight to win a fight and to, you know, to cement the thing that him and Adrian have got going on. And now Adonis is training to win a fight to literally save Rocky's life. So you need that other thing and this thing I buy. And I think it's clever um, and it's very emotionally strong. Yes, it's um, better. It's better than fighting to win the war against Russia, which is what Rocky for, yeah. <laughs> um, which is maybe the most entertaining of all the Rocky films. But it's also by um, far the most stupid. Yes, yeah. he's fighting to stop a war between two superpowers, Chris. I don't know that there's any bigger fight than that, really. Is <laughs> Jesus <laughs> an actual war, Christopher? Nuclear weapons would have been launched if Rocky hadn't beaten Dolph Lundgren. So perspective, perspective. <laughs> So we're getting to the fight. Uh, Marianne sends the shorts <sighs> for Adonis to wear that we recognise are Apollo shorts, but they, they have Creed on and they have Johnson on. <clears throat> and that's amazing. Because Build your own legacy from Mar. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so special because it's saying you don't have to choose. You don't have to be one or the other. You can be both. And that's very, very powerful. Mm. And 
yeah, that works. And that's the thing, you know, look at Mary Ann's journey and she's watching it on the telly, watching the fight. And I was so nervous that the temptation would be to have her turn up at the arena and kind of say, oh, I've changed my mind about boxing. I still, you know, I don't think it's a death trap anymore. Put some money on and you. It's really that's well- what would get me there. <laughs> fucking kill that guy so it's i bought it i was like okay it feels like a a softening of her position still within the believability of what that character would do they've had bianca turn up at the fight anyway so they they couldn't have both of them feasibly fly in for the fight yeah yeah it's also like a a mirror of something that happens in the past because in rocky 2 they talia shire ended up going off and making another movie um and so for the finale she wasn't there. She wasn't in the in the stadium. And so they shot scenes with her a few weeks later watching it on TV. And it was so effective that it's something they used a couple more times in these movies because it gives you something else to cut to beyond the stadium. So there's so much of this film that is sort of a mirror image of, of stuff that's happened before in these movies. It's really cleverly woven into the fabric of the story. Yeah. Um. So, oh, so this is, I loved this bit. So then we're going like to the fight and Adonis goes through the tunnel to get to the ring um, at Goodison Park and unbelievably, and it's pitch black and then he emerges and I was really gripped by this because the then he's in the ring and he's waiting for Ricky to come out and that, that Ricky's entrance is incredible as well. Like the there's, there's fire and like smoke and blue lights and it was really scary. But the bit where um, they pull back from the adrenaline a bit, so Adonis comes out and he's obviously like psyched and whatever and then he's kind of like skipping around in the ring but basically he's just waiting because he's waiting for his opponent because he's a no one. So it's not like he goes out to a roar of approval or to this high energy. It's like, oh, that this guy's here but now we're waiting for like the real fighter to turn up. It's the same as yeah, what happened exactly in Rocky. The same, yeah. yeah. I, I just I was really gripped by that. And then the, I'm so Chris, you're gonna have to help me out uh, with your audition for Sky Sports boxing commentary, which I think yeah. is happening right now. I'll talk about the fight, but I I don't know like <laughs> fights, <laughs> so the, the I might not pick up on some of the the killer moves. Is that right? The, the hooks, if you play the, Street Fighter two, the, the, then yeah, the that's, uh, that's about right. The, <laughs> I mean, if we're talking about baseball, I understand there is real complexity to the rules. But boxing is literally just two people punching each other with a few hugs thrown in. I feel like if you say that, people that love boxing don't like that because they're like it's not just that you know like is that not is that not true or are you allowed to admit that it's people just people hitting uh, well, each no, other i mean there are rules but the rules aren't particularly complicated i mean oh, okay. what you see what you see is what you get in rocks there's, te- there's a technicality okay. to it though isn't there about which leg is in front the south paw all of that there's a there's a you know i did some digging about south paw because i was like what what's south paw from the first film and actually weirdly enough although it's mm. a, a boxing term and rocky claims in the first film, Rocky, that it um, was born out of a, a boxing match. It's actually a baseball term. That's uh, where Southpaw comes from. Left-handed pitchers um, would be called Southpaw because um, all baseball stadiums face west and your left hand would then face south. So that's where Southpaw actually comes from. Bit of trivia for you there about baseball. I think, yeah, me and Chris are left-handed, so you're, we probably kind of knew that already. Um, just although being invested I, in our I'm own. Not a southpaw when it comes to boxing, my strong hand is my right hand, even though I write Let, my left. What do you mean? <laughs> Let me when get it comes that to down. Boxing? These are tips I'm going to use. Tell, I'll be telling my trainer that. 
I, I only, I'm only left-handed for writing and snooker. <laughs> Everything else I'm right-handed. <laughs> it's bathwank, bathwank, bathwank. <laughs> um, have you ever heard the phrase ambidextrous? <laughs> <laughs> if you hadn't... We said it at the same time. <laughs> um, yes, I've heard the phrase. I mean, it's just what I'm trying to pick up on is: Have you been in a boxing ring and hit someone? No, but my str- your your strong arm is the one you 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 um the southpaw is is when you use your left arm is your strong arm, and so I'm, I'm that wouldn't be me. Okay, okay. So <laughs> sorry, uh, this sorry, is pathetic. no, this pathetic. is UK Dave's fault. We could have, he was the one who started <laughs> us down this road. Anyway, um, so what I want to say is when I and I didn't want to admit this on the Rocky episode, but during the fight, I was really I was invested, but I wasn't really like that keyed up by it. But this fight and I bear in mind, I don't like fighting. I was like it, it was it was massive. Like the adrenaline was unbelievable. I'm going like, to point you in the direction of something that I've watched probably about 20 times and I, I cannot stop watching. So the punch that Ricky Conlon throws that floors uh, Donis in slow motion. Um, Sylvester Stallone believes that as part of the initiation, if you're in a Rocky film, you have to take a real punch. And the punch that Ricky Conlin gives Adonis is real. And when you watch the video, it's unbelievable. Like he, he, he hits Michael Jordan square in the face uh, and just and knocks him wow. down. And I was watching an interview uh, with um, with Michael Jordan about this and he said that they did it once and um, and unfortunately Ricky Conlon left his glove in the middle of the camera shot so he had to stand up and do the whole thing again. And Ricky Conlon said he was hit. he said Michael uh, Jordan said how how hard how much were you giving me there and he was like that was about 40% of what I can give. And he was like, I was just, I was seeing stars like from the canvas. I, like, I couldn't believe it. It's not the worst real punch that's ever been delivered in a Rocky film. Do you, do you want to know who that is? You probably know, Chris. I would say Dolph Lundgren. Damn right. Yeah, Dolph Lundgren. Shatter, shattering Stallone's breast. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dolph Lundgren hit Sylvester Stallone so hard that Sylvester Stallone woke up on an aeroplane heading to hospital where he would spend three and a half days (laughs) in intensive care. (gasps) Oh, my God. Because he has has a very... I think people would take the piss out of Stallone for having a very veiny chest for, you know... Questioning how he got how he got in that shape, and it's it's it was because of the surgery he had to have from the damage that Dolph Lundgren did smacking him. Oh my god, that's yeah. But phenomenal. you should watch this video. Watch the Ricky Condon punch. It's crazy. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that this is the sixth Rocky films, and the fights. I think they do get more sophisticated, and they 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 learn more. They figure out more tricks, and and obviously, you know, as we talked about on Monday's episode, the Steadicam was invented by the guy. Who, who shot Rocky and the Steadicam is put to incredible use in this film in terms of yeah. those those long shots that follow um, Adonis to the ring and into the ring almost documentary style and and here I think yeah that it's I think the fight the fights get better with each Rocky movie to be honest I I sort of understood what the the bloodlust thing as much as I've ever understood it watching this fight this this not real fight because you know you know you're swirling around and the and the the script is great the pep talk that Rocky gives you know and the pep talks on both sides are really effective and when he says to Adon you know no one knows you're for real it's like that's perfect like I'm I just was really sold on it but I was like I didn't throw my popcorn 
but I was I was twitchy, you know. So there was there was movement. <laughs> mini spasms, mini spasms. Um, Chris has a full spasm. You just have a mini, a, a mini one. I like it when you see them standing next to each other at the start of the fight, and 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 Jordan looks like he's in such much better shape than Bellew. Um, but it's Hollywood shape, you know. It's that cut yeah. muscular where he's probably been starving himself of water to to, yeah. to look like that. Whereas Bellew, in reality, is in boxing shape because, as I said, he was about to have a real fight in Goodison that month, or he, he just had one. And so um, it's interesting the, the the contrast in the bodies. One one looks like he is the guy, whereas the other guy actually is the guy. It's weird, isn't yeah. it? I, I, from the boxing matches I've watched, you know, you sometimes see, I think it was a Tyson Fury Klitschko fight I once watched uh, when I was at an airport hotel and the Klitschko was in a much different shape body-wise to Tyson Fury and yet Tyson Fury won the fight. Yeah, and, and you'll see that again when Tyson Fury's about to fight Anthony Joshua. Yeah, of course. And you'll see that Joshua is in much better shape, but that means nothing when those two get in yeah, the ring. yeah. Oh, boxing chat. I feel so, so grown up. <laughs> You're such a bloody bloke, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> let, me just, let me just go crack a beer open for the rest of the I feel I feel like I need a beer in my hand now. Uh, so we get to round six. Uh, the point being that he's got further, Adonis has got further than everyone thought, which is the same as Rocky. And that's great. Uh, there's blood everywhere, which I don't remember seeing in Rocky. I mean, obviously Rocky gets his eye cut, but people are spitting blood everywhere. Um, and then he sort of smashes Ricky Conlon, um, who goes down, which is unbelievable. And then Rocky says, and then I sort of wasn't paying attention to the fighting because what I was paying attention to was Rocky saying to Adonis, you're a creed and I love you, kid. And then I just, then I couldn't see anymore because I was crying too much. Um, it's a split decision again. And then... They did. I was just going to say they did all my favourite things mm. though. Uh, the pair of them squared up and carried on fighting after the bell at one moment, and and in round eleven, Bellu knocks Creed down, um, and and he's celebrating, and it cuts to yeah. Bianca and Mum, and then it cuts to him as a kid and Rocky in hospital, and yeah, and, and then, then he his, just and the way he wakes up, he's like, whoa, oh, like what wakes really him good. up is the final image, which is of his dad. He sees his yeah. dad fighting and that wakes him up and he oh, gets up awesome. like like a man possessed, the commentator says. That, yes, true. That is when I threw my popcorn, <laughs> when he does that intake of breath and gets up. And it like mm. lifts him up. It's it like the breath him brings him up, like he's and, on strings. It's amazing. And then what does Conlon do? He does the shake of the head, the disbelief. Does, I can't, can't believe this guy's guy. still going. I freaking love <laughs> and, it. And they do the bit that they missed in Rocky that I wanted Apollo Creed to do where he acknowledges how good Rocky was in that fight. Admittedly, yeah. they might do it a bit too much. I like it, but when Ricky says to him, "You're the future of this sport, mate," it's like, well, is he? Is he? Yeah, that's, probably not. It's a big <laughs> statement for you. I mean, he's got more of a future than you because you're going to prison for seven years. So, if that's what you mean, yes, true. I was going to say just before then, though, as well, before um, he goes out for the final round, Adonis says my favorite line in the film, where he says, "I've got to prove that I'm not a mistake." Mm. <gasps> I think. I felt like that was the first moment I really related to Adonis because or understood where he was coming from and why he was doing this. Uh, mm. Because with Rocky, you can relate to him from the moment. He's, uh, you know, you see yourself in Rocky, whereas this guy, I couldn't, I couldn't quite see myself in this guy. And that was the yeah. moment where I'm like, I get it now. Yeah, that's the thing. They've just worked I understood the script it, but so I didn't much. Really, I didn't really get it. I didn't really understand it. And that was the moment They've- that got me. 
they just go to town on it. Like they don't, they've just thought, fuck it. Just like, just chuck it all in. Like Rocky saying to him, you know, you're a creed and I love you. Amazing. Yeah. That, that what you've just said, I need to prove I'm not a mistake. And then when the commentator or the referee, I can't remember, like sort of interviews Adonis and he's like, give a speech. And you can see he's just like, obviously dazed because he's been in a massive fight, but kind of probably not expecting to be making a speech at that point. And he says the most, he's like fucking battered, but says the most childlike thing, which is, I know my dad didn't leave me on purpose. I was like, fuck me. Like, oh my God, like, when am I going to stop <laughs> at this <laughs> Because isn't, that's just heartbreaking. Like it's, it's really strong to, to understand that and not be angry anymore, but Agreed. it's not a very elegant thing to say it's just a, a such a simple thing to say agreed and oh. alex being alex he seemed to be bothered in both these films about the guy getting credit from the other guy for doing mm. well <laughs> where he, it didn't the credit's not what it's about because he says you're the future of the division but then he says wear that name with pride that's what Conlon says to him and then after the, in this moment he says i'm proud to be a creed that's the last thing he says in the in the yeah. in the ring and then the scousers start chanting his name yeah, I, she's always I'm not scared. I'm more into acknowledgement from my peers, if I'm honest. So. I, know, I know, I know, I know that about you. We, we know, we know. So, as someone says, Ricky Conlon wins the fight, Adonis Creed wins the night, which is lovely. And it's a, vic- a huge victory, and that will kind of do. And then um, we're up the steps. Rocky's going to be fine, sort of. Which makes <laughs> sense, because I, 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 I'm right in thinking that even though he was training in Philadelphia, we never got the stairs in the montage before, which I'd written no. down as, hey, that's weird. No. And then obviously they were saving it for they, this poignant moment. They replaced it with the motorbikes. Yeah. 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 Um, which was the recurring sort of motif in the film. But yeah, I think it's a lovely place to put um, that scene because, you know, there is a moment where it feels like, you're telling it's it's the Creed story, but then suddenly it becomes the Rocky story halfway through. Where they frightened of going full on telling the Creed story when it becomes about Rocky's battle, but mm. they save this to the end, and I think that's where it should go. They could have put that in the middle, and then I think it would have gone too far. But it's just a lovely button to put on the end of it all. Yeah, it is beautiful, and that's um, that's as much as I have. Unless you have anything else, not me. Shall we do the bits? Yes, please. Okay, uh, Chris, what was your best scene? Uh, I'm just excited about my MVW this week. But my scene, my scene, um, it, it's it's during the fight. Uh, they've teased us, but this is the, the moment when the Bill Conti music comes in in the final round. <laughs> yeah. I know I'm being oh manipulated by probably the most manipulative film franchise in history, but I friggin' <laughs> love it when they give me that. It's like giving me friggin' heroin. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. Um, Alex? Uh, it's, uh, I think you actually mentioned it. It's Ricky Conlon's entrance into the ring. It's that single shot of the fire breather, which lights up a pure black screen at that point. I was just like, uh, uh, taken, even taking it out of the context of this movie, it's just an incredible shot. Um, such, a, such a moment where it just lights up the screen. You're like, go Ryan Coogler. That's so funny. Yeah, mine is Ricky Conlon's entrance. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just the the fire, the lights, it was awe-inspiring. You were like, this is like this. I think because he's got a baby face, obviously he's uh, daunting and physically imposing. He's a fucking boxer. Um, but I wasn't scared of it because especially at the press conference, all of those things, they're so managed and they're, they're so like scripted and staged and they seem a bit daft and whatever. But the fire behind him was like, you should be fucking scared <laughs> yeah. because it's going to kill you. In that press conference, I did find it funny though, us being British, that Conlon immediately makes it about class. 
Mm. He says, my dad yeah, worked on the brilliant. docks and I wasn't born with a silver spoon. And <laughs> that's exactly how loved we it. would play that in England. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I loved it. <laughs> and the only thing with his, um, with his ring entrance was... Um, because I, I know Everton so well, and he's an Everton fan, his character's an Everton fan, they're obsessed with the music from Zed Cars. That's what plays. That's the theme tune that plays when the Everton team comes out. And I thought it was going to be in this scene, and I'm so glad it wasn't because it would have been ridiculous. But I did Google it, and it turns out that is what uh, Tony Bellew has playing when he would come yeah. out, is the <laughs> yeah, stupid yeah, yeah. theme from, from Zed Cars. Uh, what's your um, most valuable whatever, Alex? It's, it could be a, a one of three. Um, I sliced alone. You know, what a performance, like crazy good. Um, there's at least three moments that he gives a speech and I'm like, oh, God. Um, Michael B. Jordan, uh, incredible. I think he's fantastic. But I'm giving it to Ryan Coogler. I think the whole film looks really cool and there are some heart-in-the-mouth moments from just the way he's directed scenes, like what I just said about the fire breather. That's just one of about 20 moments where you go, that shit mm. looks so cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Chris? I'm going to go for Stallone, but I'm picking Frank, not Sly. So you're going to have okay. to bear with me on this one. It's a slightly longer one than usual. But this brought me a lot of pleasure at the time. So Frank Stallone is Sylvester Stallone's brother. He pops up in Rocky singing a couple of times. He's a singer in real life. And uh, on the Sunday, uh, the night of the Oscars that year, uh, Mark Rylance was going up against Sylvester Stallone for Best Supporting Actor. And Rylance won instead of Stallone. And Frank Stallone was not happy. He tweeted, The Academy should be ashamed of themselves. It's as clear as the nose on your face that Sly won. Mark who? Question mark. <laughs> then he tweeted, Mark Rylance couldn't even comb his hair for Christ's sake. This is the third time Sly's gotten ripped off. <laughs> then he tweeted, It's total Hollywood bullshit. If I was Mark Rylance, I would have been embarrassed. <laughs> Wow. Monday, Monday morning, it was time for a climb down. He <laughs> tweeted an apology. I will always defend what's right, but I was wrong to put down Mark Rylance and I apologise. He is a fine actor, but I thought Sly deserved it. Then the next day, it was a climb back up from Frank Stallone. <laughs> he tweeted, thanks to my fans for supporting. I'm done responding to idiots. If you don't stick up for your family, then who are you as a person? Then he tweeted... Now I'm having a meltdown. When you stick up for your beliefs and family from nasty tweets, it's called fighting back. No PC here. <laughs> At which point, Sly felt the need to step in and he posts on his Instagram, I'm very happy and please, I'm very happy and please understand my brother is so emotional because he's just very protective and only wants the best for me. Life is good, exclamation mark. And because of that, on Tuesday, Frank climbed back down. <laughs> he tweeted, he said, not enough words on Twitter to apologise to Mark Rylance. I'm an artist as well and we should cherish art, not criticise it. And he added, also, I'd like to apologise to anyone I offended on Twitter. I was not being myself, just a brother sticking up for his brother. Peace. Frank. <laughs> I mean, it's an entertaining story, but further evidence that social media is the devil. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can tell Frank that I will pick Sylvester Stallone. I, I think he should have won an Oscar. It, I think it's an incredible yeah, performance. Yeah, Mark who? Amazing. Mark who? He should be ashamed of himself. I do love Frank. Frank, yeah. we are, Frank He's like our we're, at, we're at Clashpod on Twitter. Get in touch, Frank. <laughs> Um, so with apologies to Mark Rylance, who's a phenomenal <laughs> really good actor. Really good Bridge of Spies. Um, he's really, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 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 uh, one change, what would you change, Chris? 
Uh, There's not much in this film that I would change. I don't like the eye thing um, where the corner man seems to be prepared to potentially brine Adonis to keep him in the fight by, you know, he taps him on the back of the head um, so that he, because he can't see um, how many fingers are being held up. So I don't like that. That makes me really uncomfortable. That's a side of boxing I don't think should be um, celebrated in this movie. Um, So, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Okay. Ali, um, you mentioned the press conference. Uh, you know, sometimes I love uh, a cliched, overused line. And after Stallone, Rocky basically says to Adonis, he is going to try and wind you up. Do not react to it. He's going to come in and try and wind you up. So just be cool. Um, what happens? Ricky Collin comes in, winds him up, and Adonis immediately goes, fuck you, I'm not going to put up with this, and reacts. <laughs> and I just really feel a great button to that scene would have been Sly going to Adonis after they'd been dragged away. Well, that went well, because <laughs> it would just been a perfect end to that scene. So that yeah. is, I'm like Chris, I don't have a great change because there's not a lot to change, but that would be mine. My change is only small as well. Having just picked out Ricky Conlon's entrance as my favourite scene, which it is, I think he should arrive the way he does, but I think he should be dressed as George Washington. <laughs> <laughs> For real. Uh, and that's it. <laughs> I wouldn't change anything else. Alex, before we do the verdict, I suggested maybe we, we, we as we're doing Oscar season and Rocky won the Oscar that year, do you guys think it was a deserving winner that year or do you think something else should have one of the other films that, that were in the running should have won. I I think Taxi Driver should have won, if I'm honest. Interesting. I am with you, Vicky. My heart says Rocky. Rocky's one of my favourite films of all time. I don't like yeah. watching Taxi Driver, but it is... No. It is... <laughs> That's true. It is amazing. And That's something so true. No one's ever like, oh, do you want a Bosch Taxi Driver? <laughs> <laughs> but it's Not a brilliant those. film. I'm sure it's a film we'll do on the podcast when I summon up the courage. Um and and I think it's got less faults than than Rocky. So yeah, I, I, my my pick would have been Taxi Driver that year. How about you, Al? Really, both going. Uh, network probably. Really? Yeah, I love that film. Are you sure. That, Interesting. That's 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 a film that's you know a film I really like. But but no, I, to be perfectly honest, having rewatched it and like i said kind of watched it for the first time i'd stick with rocky because uh, you know i like a feel good movie and i know taxi drivers feel good we should probably do taxi driver on the pod i haven't watched it in ages and again it's another film that fits into the category of when i watched rocky being a bit too young to fully appreciate oh, yeah. why they 100%. were in a, why he was taking her to a porn cinema and why that's <laughs> why that stuck mm. with me so I, i'll i'll answer that question when we've redone taxi driver but i'm sticking with rocky for the moment right then let's do this verdict you want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! Uh, Victoria, do you want to guide us through these? Were your... No, these were my picks. God, what's wrong sake, with you? All right, all right, all right. It's been a long and an emotional journey this week. Right, so these were my picks. So I, I will turn to you uh, first, um, Christopher, and ask what movie you are picking as your winner this week. Well, I agree with you. It's tough uh, this week. Uh, I would say both these films are better superhero movies than we watched <laughs> last week. Um, uh, and I love how much they deal with of the sort of human experience that, you know, love, friendship, loss, dignity, grief. Um, but they also climax with, with kick-ass action sequences that I think are more exciting than most blockbusters. And I do think it's amazing how they create so much conflict, both films, without ever having a villain. 
it's really brilliant storytelling. Um, Creed has less flab and more speed. The story's more focused, the filmmaking more sophisticated. But as I said, I find it hard to relate to Adonis until the very end, whereas Rocky is maybe the greatest underdog story in movie history. So for me, it's a split decision, but Rocky edges it because you can't beat the raw power and emotional of the original. One for Rocky, Victoria. So I I actually thought it might be the first time I would ever say I, I refuse to choose, which I don't think I've ever done before. Oh, what, and then we just have to friggin' end the podcast. Yeah. There'd be no more Clash of the Titles. Yeah. Is it allowed? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean I did, I, yeah, that's I didn't why you've think never it done would it. go down very well, but I thought I, I feel like trying that. No. Um so then I was like, no, you can't, you have to pick Rocky because it's the original, you know, you can't have Creed without Rocky. All the, you know, is it that a lot of the good feeling that I have in Creed towards the character of Rocky is because of Rocky and what a great film that is. And, you know, it's, would Creed work if you didn't have all of that love for that character and all the rest of it? Um, but I'm just going to choose just a simple thing. The film I enjoyed the most and the film I would watch again and the film that had my heart, which is Creed. Wow. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Wow, wow, wow. One for Creed, one for Rocky. Um, all right. I am very, I am very nervous <laughs> for Rocky Balboa right now. <laughs> um, it's a tough one uh, this week. Um, as we've established, I balled at both these brawls considerably. Um, I will say, I don't, I don't think. I don't think there can be an argument, and I might be wrong, and maybe we can discuss this at some point, but I don't think there can be an argument that you have to pick the original film because without it, the following will, films wouldn't exist. Because I genuinely think there are plenty of examples of sequels being hands down better than the original film, The Godfather Part Two, Aliens, and uh, Police Academy 2, their first assignment. <laughs> so ultimately, I'm going for the film that I'd watched before, but never really seen. And it contains one of the most affecting on-screen romances <laughs> I've experienced for a while. Between Rocky and Adrian, Rocky is my vote as the winner this week. Q fanfare! Wow. <laughs> that was yeah. tense. Yeah, I, I, I mean, you know... I'm with Victoria. It's a hell of a choice to make between these two movies because they both surpass each other in different ways, like two boxers going at each other in a ring. I'm guessing that analogy works. Still don't know much about <laughs> boxing, but I do think um, I do think Rocky is a worthy winner. How are you feeling, Chris? Yeah, good, good. I mean, I would have been happy either way, but it feels like the right choice was made. Um, but I'm proud of you both for taking these sporting movies seriously. Well, let's see if we take next week's films quite as seriously. So remind us what the clue was, Christopher. Uh, there ain't no saviour like a gun-toting white saviour. So what movies are we doing next week? Vicky, I'm giving you the Oscar winner Dances with Wolves. Right. And Alex... Because you look a little bit like one of the Na'vi, <laughs> I'm giving you Avatar. <laughs> uh, thank you. Um, is that about seven hours of movie watching? Uh, so well, you you both gave me a four hour movie to do last week. So next week, <laughs> yes, you've got you've got three hours each. Oh wow! Okay. 
Okay. Oscar season continues on ClashPod then as the Best Picture winner Dances with Wolves goes up against Best Picture nominee avatar and if you haven't already please do subscribe to us on apple spotify or wherever you get your pods and you can follow us on twitter at ClashPod and also on instagram at ClashPod. we will be back get your homework done dancers with wolves for you this weekend we'll be talking about it on monday bye-bye this was a stakhanov production and part of the acast creator network 